0: Thank you to all of the folks who helped decorate our church and get things joyous and festive as we celebrate the Savior. Some of the things that you see in the decorations are the nativity scenes that start to appear around the community. All different kinds celebrating what happened that first Christmas night. Some of them are more artistic. Some of them are more realistic. Some are living. Some are more stylized in appearance. We have one right here on our Lord's Supper table to help us to visualize what it must have been like there in the stable, gathered around the manger, looking upon the Christ child. Most of the nativity scenes that you see will depict the same group of people, the shepherds, the wise men, Mary and Joseph, and of course the Christ child. Over the next few weeks, we're going to take a look at some of those people who gathered there at the stable that night, who looked there into the manger and saw the face of Jesus. This morning we start with a group who are very much a part of the story of Jesus' birth, but in all likelihood weren't there that first night, Uh, the wise men. Uh, Scholars estimate that they arrived anywhere from uh, a few days to maybe even a couple of years after Jesus' birth. But not to worry, you don't need to run home and take the wise men out of your nativity scene. Uh, The timing may be a little different than what's depicted there, but they are still a very important part of the Christmas story. These wise men bowing before Christ... They're significant. Not only for that moment, they're significant for us today. The message of their gathering, their bringing gifts to the Christ child could not be more important for us to understand. The message is simple. Jesus is our King. So who were these three fellows? And actually we don't know exactly how many of them there were. Who were these wise men? Well, the account is found in the second chapter of Matthew. We're going to start in the first verse this morning. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. The word for Magi was a word that originally was used to describe the priestly caste of men living in what was then known as Babylon and then later Persia. Now, by the time of the New Testament period, uh, Babylon and Persia are no more. And the word itself, Magi, had had become more of a generic kind of a term. It described honorable, educated people usually from the eastern part of the world. Some have guessed that they might have been astrologers, but that's not necessarily the case. About the most we can say from that word is that we can know they were educated men who lived in a region east of Judea. Now, being from the area that's formerly was known as Babylon and Persia, it's very possible that these men had read The writings of Daniel, who lived in that region when he was in exile, who wrote prophecies of the Messiah. It's very possible that they began to understand the significance of the star that they saw from the writings of Daniel that they probably had read. Many wonder about that star. What was it? What exactly did they see? There's been a lot of different... uh, uh, speculations. Uh, some have described it as a, an alignment of the planets. And in fact, there was an alignment of the planets during that period of time. Others believe that it was more a miraculous occurrence, something that, that God placed in the sky. But all that speculation misses the point. God could have done it any way he wants to. The wise men saw this heavenly phenomena. And interpreted it as a sign that a king had been born. And so they traveled to meet him. And they didn't just go down the road. They traveled over 900 miles. That's a long way to ride a camel. It's one of the reasons that we don't think they were there at the stable on the first Christmas night. It would have taken a long time for that journey to have taken place. And hopefully by that time, Mary and Joseph had been able to upgrade from the stable. We're hoping so. Now, upon their arrival, the wise men initially go to Jerusalem. Uh, No doubt they thought the king of the Jews would be found at the center of political power for the Jews. And at that time, it would have been Jerusalem. Instead, they found this fellow named Herod. And Herod was none too excited to hear this account of a birth of someone that these men were calling the king of the Jews. That was his title a title that he had been given back in 40 B.C. and that he had enjoyed all the perks of for all of these years, He was a little worried about what these men told him. So he went to the chief priests and the teachers there in Jerusalem and they showed him the prophecies of the Messiah, specifically the prophecy from Micah chapter five, where it described the Messiah being born in Bethlehem. So he sends these wise men to Bethlehem with this story that he's concocted that he wants to worship him too, when actually what he wanted to do was to kill him. As we know in the story, God would later warn the wise men about this plot from Herod and would send them back to their home in a route that avoided Jerusalem. They were smart guys. These wise men from the east lived up to their name. Some might argue that wise men today would not have made this journey. But don't be so quick to assume that would be the case. Although the percentage of scientists today who say they believe in God, that percentage is lower than it is in the general population. It is still the majority. It's still well over 50% of scientists who indicate that, yes, they do believe in God, according to a survey done by the Pew Research Center. Dr. Francis Collins, the director of the National Institutes of Health, says it this way, he says, I have found there is a wonderful harmony in the complementary truths of science and faith. The God of the Bible is also the God of the genome. God can be found in the cathedral or in the laboratory by investigating God's majestic and awesome creation. Science can actually be a means of worship. Some might think that a person of intelligence today could not possibly believe in the Jesus of the Bible. But folks, you have to look no farther than the wise men to understand that's not true. These men were educated men. They were learned people of their day. And they traveled hundreds of miles just to see Jesus. As the bumper sticker says, wise men still seek Him. Now, yes, there are those who argue that those who are intelligent, that those who are educated in the modern sense would never believe in God. That believing in a supreme being is ignorance. But there's something you need to understand When you really listen to the argument that they present, their bias becomes obvious. They start from a position that the miraculous cannot exist, that only what can be verified, only the physical that we can prove is what can be known. Well, if you start out with the assumption that God doesn't exist, it's no surprise that you end up with the idea that God doesn't exist. The wise men were open to another possibility. And being open to hearing the truth, they found the Savior. Be sure. That you make the wise choice today. Because wise men still worship the Savior. We don't know the names of these wise men. Uh, And despite the depictions in the manger, uh, scenes that you will see and, and a famous poem that was written, we don't know how many of them there were. There may have been three or there may have been more or there may have been less. We do know what they brought to Jesus. Three gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Matthew chapter two, verse nine. After they heard the king, they went on their way and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. The significance of the gifts that they bought is revealed in the scripture, specifically the 72nd Psalm, Isaiah 49 and Isaiah 60. The gold acknowledged Jesus as king. Gold was a symbol of royalty in the New Testament day. The frankincense was an incense that was often used at the altar in worship, acknowledging Jesus as the Son of God. And myrrh was a spice that was often used in burial preparations, acknowledging what it was that Jesus had come to do, that he had come to give himself a sacrifice for us. These wise men traveled over 900 miles. They interviewed a man who tried to lead them astray. And they followed the star to Bethlehem for one purpose, to worship the newborn king. According to the National Park Service webpage, the carving of Mount Rushmore required the effort of more than 400 workers. Men and women who did jobs ranging from blacksmiths to housekeepers to the stone carvers who carved the actual monument itself. Uh, One day, several of the workers were interviewed by a journalist, and they were all asked the same question. They were asked, what do you do here? One worker responded, well, I run a jackhammer Another worker responded to that same question by saying simply, well, I earn $8 a day. But one worker, when asked, what do you do here, responded differently. He said, I'm helping to create a monument. Only that third worker really got it. The others were there to do a job, to earn a living, but he was there to do something bigger than himself, to help create a monument. Herod saw Jesus as someone in the way of his power and promotion. The wise men saw Jesus As the newborn king. Their gifts recognized even more. And how much they actually understood this side of heaven, we probably won't know. But one thing's for sure. Their wisdom and knowledge pointed them directly to Jesus. Folks, there's no division between science and faith. Science that is not biased always points to the wonders and majesties of the Creator. Follow the example of the wise men. Some think Jesus is just a myth, just a good story, just a crutch or a fable. Others, and probably this is the majority of people in our world today, they're just too busy really to care. But there are still wise men and women who, with every fiber of their being, seek Him. So this morning, I would challenge you to do the same. That as you go about your day, seek the newborn King. Heavenly Father, help us to follow the example of these Men in the Scripture described as magi. We don't know very much about them. But what they did provides an extraordinary example to us all. Help us, Heavenly Father, to seek Jesus. Perhaps there is someone here this morning that they've been on a journey in their life, desperately searching for the Savior. God, help them to see their journey ends in Jesus. For those of us who know the Savior, Heavenly Father, help us not be discouraged by the words in our world that would seem to indicate that our faith is ignorant. Heavenly Father, it's anything but. For true wisdom, even today, still points directly to you. Help us, Heavenly Father,